Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. season and uh, this week I'm joined by uh, Man the Post regular Ryan. Hello. Uh, Ryan representing Chelsea, are you well? Yeah I'm good thanks, I mean, if Chris listens to this and hears Man on the Post regular he's going to go straight into the WhatsApp group saying you're never regular with me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... I've disarmed him now. Yeah, I see. I'm starting the season off strong. You see, yeah, but you can you can fire back with you know Chris is actually on every one of these previews to cover every one of his teams that he supports. So. Oh, all ten of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the day. Of this. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, and alongside uh, Ryan Knight is uh, is Adam. Uh, Adam representing Evan. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. Um, I, now I'm annoyed, Ryan. That you got regular, and you just and got one side. No pleasing some people, is there? <laughs> and uh, joining us as well tonight is uh, is Michael. Uh, Michael's going to be talking about Manchester United. Uh, Michael, how are you? Yeah, all good, thanks. All good, not bad, thank you. Good, it's a proper Manchester accent, which we like. Um, <laughs> Adam takes some notes about accent. representing your area. Yeah, yeah, like, like the Everton fan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael, thanks for coming on. I know it's, it's your first time. We've been talking for a while. We're trying to get you on here. Um yeah, it is. Particularly when uh, you know it was all kicking off last last Christmas when Mourinho was on the verge of going, and then he did go, and it was all a lot of fun. Um, th- oh no, thankfully- I went to hide into that point. <laughs> well, thankfully, like very little has changed since then, despite you know best efforts, which we'll come on to. But uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll let you go to town on that shortly. So, uh, I actually want to start with uh, with you, Ryan, um, because Chelsea have appointed Frank Lampard. Um, are you happy? Yes, I mean, the thing with Frank is it is probably too early. Um, when I say probably, I mean it's definitely way too early for him. Uh, you would have wanted him to get a few more seasons under his belt, but with Sarri and the Juventus thing uh, and the sort of the disdain that the fans sort of had towards last season, I think bringing someone like Frank in alongside people like Czech, Jody Morris as well, I think there's definitely been a, a, such a positive lift at the club. I think regardless of Frank as a manager at this point, I think he's certainly brought a different energy to, to Chelsea Football Club, which has been sort of missing over the past few seasons, to say the least. Yeah, and it's been a, almost like a, a football manager approach, hasn't it, where, you, as you say, you've got club legend in Lampard and then other club legends alongside him to make the sort of like the ultimate Chelsea club, uh, which is a terrifying prospect for everybody. Um, but despite having this transfer ban, you've still... Outspend and outbought 
several Premier League teams. <laughs> um, so, so well, I think it's interesting because you know the, the trans- people say about the transfer ban, and uh, I sort of always go back to the, because of the Chelsea loan army situation, almost, and, and obviously you know the fact that we bought Kovacic anyway um, and Pulisic last January. We almost didn't need to spend the money, and I think the transfer ban, if anything, has given the club the opportunity to clear the club of players that they probably don't see a future for. Obviously, there's still going to be a lot of players going out on loan. Uh, but I saw something earlier that Chelsea this summer have made thirty million pounds from either youngsters that were never going to be were never going to make it, or people that have been out on loan. And we're finally giving sort of permanent deals to you know people like Callas, who's been around for. Bloody donkey! I mean, I remember him playing one amazing game against Liverpool, and then nothing else. So, it's the transfer ban's been is almost a good thing at this point. I think it's good to see certain players coming back on and given the opportunity because we can't sign anyone else. Hasn't that been Chelsea's like modus operandi for a while now, though? <laughs> like they they have they have sort of Chelsea is two businesses, right? It's a football club and then a, a talent factory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it, it seems, and I could be wrong, maybe it's just, you know, rose tinted glasses or whatever, but it seems this summer more than any, we've actually started to look for permanent deals where possible rather than just, I will learn them out anyway. Um, and I think there's a slew of sort of contract extensions that have come out over the summer as well with Loftus Cheek and, and people like Mason Mount. I think you can see there's a bit of a shift. I think maybe it's Czech's influence, and I think it could just be the way that we're moving, but we're starting to lock players down a bit more. And once Hudson Odoi signs that mystical five year contract that everyone keeps talking about, um, it's almost th- like, you know, we're saying this is our future now, not these big, massive players that we can bring in. I thought you'd done that. See, that. this is why I don't pay well, attention to anything, guys. Well, this is it. BBC have reported it. Um, so I went straight to the Chelsea app and like the, the whatever, nothing. Um, and, and then. And Frank- do you see a picture of him signing a blank bit of paper? Yeah. And. Frank the other day even said, oh, you know, the offer's been made, nothing signed yet. So as much as everyone apparently reported it's done, it's, it's not done according to... Because, I mean, it, you wouldn't hold it back if, if you were Chelsea, if it had been signed, you, you'd want to announce it straight up. Can I, can I take this opportunity to get on my high horse about the Kovacic signing as well? Go for it. I mean, you've already seen me do this, right? Uh, we've, so already had this we've already had this, this you know, discussion, so go for it. But how can they be allowed to sign a player when... They have a transfer ban. <laughs> the rules. The rules is just. I. I get that they haven't broken a rule, but the rule is rubbish, right? Oh, yes, surely it. you can. Surely you can understand the logic that if they're saying fine, Kovacic was because of his loan. Kovacic was registered to, to to Chelsea, so he doesn't count as a registration. Then why is Pulisic allowed to join now, even though you own him, but he was registered at Borussia Dortmund? Because isn't isn't there this whole thing where they're registered? At- both clubs or something like that. I, didn't, I think we no. tried to look for the actual rule, but it's not actually clear anywhere. I, I understand. I'm not saying that they have broken a rule. What I'm saying is the rule is rubbish. Oh, it is, 100%. Yeah. I Just mean, if, if a, trans, a transfer ban should be a ban. Like, you can't so you say be you loaned him last season and then, oh, just because you loaned him last season yeah. doesn't mean you can sign him now. So I, I think you should be able to sign Kovacic, but it should be perfectly fine that Mount and Pulisic come back. Yes, I think so. I think I mean that's obviously why they did politics in January. Like that, even at the time in January, the, the big sort of Chelsea journalists, people like Matt Law, um, even said Chelsea are very aware that they're going to get a transfer ban, and they're acting in their best interest now to do that deal. So they, they clearly knew that there was loopholes slash workarounds. 
and decided to, to do it the way they did it rather than which it is a crap rule though you are right it's it's not see i was really the best i agree you were going to say petter check had come in and realized there was a loophole and it was like ah oh, lad you see you can sign it <laughs> and it was all yeah. done to petter check but yeah it's, it's just check going into oh yeah because office. because there's nothing but there's nothing you won't you won't learn at arsenal other than good admin <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, Czech's first move was to bid um, ten million and one pound for some player. I've seen this, I've seen this happen. Um, Don't worry, boys. I know how this works. <laughs> um, so on the on the talking of players coming back from various loans, um, seeing as Adams here as well, uh, Kurt Zuma was, for my money, pretty good at Everton last season. Um, is he going to get a game at Chelsea? He'll definitely get a game. I think he'll be. Fourth choice at this point. It depends whether he whether Frank wants Zuma or Christensen um, as that potential third choice. But you've almost got Rudiger and Zuma who are very similar, and then sort of Christensen and David Luiz who are very similar. So you've got two good pairings together. So I, I imagine Zuma is going to get a lot of cup and potentially Champions League games. You're probably selling like, if he's only going to get if he's only going to be fourth choice. Let him free, right? If you love him, <laughs> set him free. Set him free. I mean, I think that's the idea because you know you got Tom Roy as well, who's just come back from from Derby. Who mm. there, there was there a lot of talk about, but it's it's an interesting. I always liked Zuma. I think the, the injury really, you know, obviously stunted his his growth because I think that season uh, where Joe it was Joe's last season. I thought Zuma was one actually one of our best players at the time. And I think he's, I've always he's, rated him. He's one of those examples of a player taking another, uh, taking a year after the year they spend recovering from an injury to get their confidence back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. To sort of trust in their body again. Because yeah, um, he went to Stoke, didn't he, uh, after his injury, and then he did. And when got he went to you guys. That'll do yeah. no good for anybody going to Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, he went to you guys last season and, and was quite good, actually. So. I think it'll be good to see him, and, and I've always wanted him to play. You've got people like Batshuayi, who's coming back, who I think deserves a chance. Uh, Mount and, and Abraham as well, both good young players that I think deserve a chance. And if they don't cut it, then at least we can say, well, we gave them an opportunity and they didn't. It didn't last. What is um? What's Rudiger's fitness looking like at the beginning of the season? Because didn't he have quite a serious Achilles injury at the end of last season? Yeah, a lot of players, a lot of chess players seem to take really big injuries right at the end of last season. Um, I think he's back in training this week or next week. He's come out and said, I'm back in training either again this week or next. Um, so he'll definitely be out for the first probably month, I'd say, while he gets recovered. So the, the Zoom has definitely got a chance of starting against United. I don't. I think he's played more than Christensen in pre-season. So it just depends which way Frank wants to go. Ironically, as well, he was actually against United where he did his his knee, wasn't yes, it? Yes, he was. Yeah. So me. <laughs> Ironic, really. It'd be good. It'd be good for him to uh, uh, five on him scoring him. a header. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great, wouldn't it? I love it. Chris um, um, Phil Jones ends up on the floor as Zuma towers over him. I can <laughs> see it already. So. I'll put you, that you as my desktop background. Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, the less Phil Jones we see, probably the better your season will be, Michael. But um, we'll come on to uh, <laughs> your various idiot defenders shortly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Ryan, um, obviously, with obviously just talk about the transfer ban, Lampard being relatively inexperienced as a manager, like someone actually put it to me the other day that Newcastle appointed Steve Bruce, who's got a track record of getting out the championship, which is more than Lampard can say, but. Uh, let's not go down that route. Um, 
what what do your actual expectations for the season ahead? Do you think you, you can stay where you are, or do you think you're bound to get caught up by those who are actively spending? I, I think we'll get caught up, but I think I'm trying to be realistic and not to say that obviously we'll have a have a great season. I'd like to think we'll still finish top four. I think you know if, if you look at the squad, the squad itself hasn't exactly changed, Has and it? we managed to. Well, in terms of, you know, we haven't seen that many people. Yeah, okay, Hazard's left. There yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah, the, the, but we've got the American and Hazard instead, so we're all good. Um, it's a case of, yeah, okay, Hazard propped us up a lot last season. And I think with Hazard, I've always said, he, he's obviously a, a phenomenal player. Could he carry us in games like people like Messi and, and, and Ronaldo could for their teams? Not that, not as often as, as they could. Um, it was often, but I I think that he was equally as important. I felt I think Eden Hazard was talismanic for Chelsea. It, it definitely was, and, and he'll be a big miss. And I think it, I guess it's the thing of the energy right now is is the biggest thing. And we talk about you know Frank coming in and knows the club and and whether that's a good thing or you know whatever. It, it's one of those things that I think yeah Hazard's left, but we've still got a good squad of players around sort of you know everything else and. I'd like to think we're going to stay top four, I said, but there's obviously going to be a lot of challenges. I think we're going to be quite consistent in general across the, the sort of the term. I think we'll, we'll beat the teams we're supposed to, and I think we will struggle against the Cities and the Liverpools. Um, I think we will be quite consistent, but I'd, I'd like to think at least we'll have fun along the way, which is something that we definitely didn't have last season. I just so, need to stop you there, Ryan. There are Cities, but there's only one Liverpool. They've literally tried to trademark it. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm optimistic. I, I again, I'm I'm actually more interested this season in seeing people like Hudson Odoi having that 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 chance. Obviously, yes, he's injured at the moment, um, and it's going to be a while for his for him to come back. I'm intrigued to see how Mount gets on and Barkley, and, and there's a lot to look forward to right now. I think I'd like to think the club's going to be very patient as well. I think that's the big thing. You know, if we if we lose a couple on the bounce, say we lose United first game. And we, we lose the Super Cup to Liverpool. Um, you know, we, we we lose a few, and whether people turn on Frank or not, I don't know. Um, but I'd like to think the club's going to keep to this supposed promise of giving him the season because they know the transfer ban's going to have caused an issue. Oh, a whole season? A whole God, season. He must, be, Chelsea, he must be giddy. A Chelsea manager getting... A, well, you say that, but a Chelsea manager getting a whole season is, is actually quite a rare um, thing these days. So again, I'm I'm optimistic, but I I know there's going to be tough times ahead. I think without being able to sign those big players, but you know Pulisic is going to be good. I think Kovacic is Kovacic, and I'm more excited to see how we get on with our youngsters in the team this season than anything else. If we don't get top four, I'm not going to be disappointed. Um, but it's always good to be in the Champions League because Thursday night football is terrible. I'm looking forward to March when, when Petacek stood on your on the touchline with his hat on as your caretaker manager. Like that's, <laughs> that, that's Ready the, to jump on the pitch that's, if that, needs be. That's the vision I'm, I'm waiting for. But uh, no, I, I, could I, prefer, I could prefer February, Dave, when I get to see some absolute scrope ruiner bedsheet writing on it about how much they hate Frank Lampard. After your first friendly, which I think you drew with, I want to say Shamrock Rovers or another Irish team. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There was a, a good number of Chelsea fans saying let's get rid of Lampard now, cut our losses. And I was like, this is yeah. insane. Like, I mean, obviously, at Newcastle, things are insane, but that was mad for one friendly to be. I think some some Chelsea fans were trying to jump on MB. Um, well, I'd like to think they were being ironic about it, but 
but at the same time, we've got some horrendous fans, as we all know anyway. So um, I'm not surprised that people... I mean, people probably want flipping Jose back for a third spell. So I'd rather Frank having a bad season than get Jose Mourinho back for a... Th- oh, we could even see Jose come back later on this season. You never know at this point. I, I know Chelsea fans. I know a Chelsea fan, sorry, I should say, who who would always take Jose Mourinho back for a third spell. No! Can't do it. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he's a fan of anyone but himself. So I don't think he could classes himself yeah, as Chelsea. Well, it's going to be. I mean, personally, as a neutral towards the top five, six clubs, whatever it is, um, I'm looking forward to seeing Chelsea this year, as opposed to last year, where I found your games very tedious to watch. Um, I oh, they were thought that every week. You generally, ten of your players sat around and tried to give the ball to Hazard, and if he couldn't do it. There was no plan B. Um, and he was, was a bit like Van Gaal at United. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah. He really was. Well, I mean, two December. You had you had um, Chelsea legend Rob Green come out the other day and say that you know last season um, he said tactically, you know, we'd go out and, and if we were losing, we didn't have anything else. He said every game we played all forty-five or whatever of them. He said we played in the exact same way, the exact same style. Yeah. And everyone could read us, and I think that's the biggest thing. Frank's tried, yes, okay, preseason. You're always tending to to play different formations, but we've done a four-three-three like we used to. We've done a four-two-three-one. You know, he's played a, he's played a four-four-two. So I think we've we've actually got a squad, and I think the biggest thing we've got now is depth because we haven't let some of these players go out on loan. We've actually got three strikers again, which is always good. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity to change if things are going wrong, which I think is quite big. Mm-hmm. You just get it, but I understand what you said. But if you get plan A to work really well, it doesn't really matter, right? Oh, stick to it, and yeah. Absolutely. The, I just think that some of the, this, the salary bashing from Chelsea fans is a little bit ridiculous. That if you look what the, the man actually achieved at Chelsea compared to a lot of other people in that position, he, he did a lot. Also, it, it was always known at the beginning, it was well, it's going to be a, a revolution, we're going to need to give him time. And then just didn't give him time. I think and I, I very it. much, I very much take the the comparison to Van Gaal. But is the, the that might be the case that that Van Gaal at United was trying to instigate Van Gaal football, which was football of the early noughties. Yeah, Sarri is football of this time. Mm. And do you have to be so arrogant as not you, Ryan, but as a group of mm. Chelsea fans to think, oh well, we're rid of him, but to realise that Juventus wanted him. Well, that's the biggest thing because a lot of people were saying, you know, oh, how could Chelsea get rid of Sarri and people like that? And I was like, in all fairness, Juve have come in for him. If that's the case, you know, fair play to him. It's not like, you know, obviously we, we wanted rid for a while, obviously. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, if a big club like Juventus want him, then he's clearly got something to offer. And I think his style will definitely suit Italian football anyway. To be fair, uh, though, I think, I think with Chelsea, the plays that you have, I don't think he had the players at his disposal to play the sort of football that he wanted to. So he was making certain players like Kante play a role which, you know, they're not accustomed didn't to. Work. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was the right decision to let him go because obviously with, you know, the, the transfer ban, he's not going to be able to bring those sort of players in that he wants anyway. So I think he met his objectives and that's it really, isn't it? I think, you know, if he did have an opportunity of another transfer window, maybe he would have brought those players in to play a more attractive style of football. But I think you've done the right thing in the end, to be honest. I think you make a really good point there about the transfer, Michael. Mm. I, yeah, I, 
I hadn't fa- ha- that wasn't quite factored into my thinking. I was just thinking, give him more time. Yeah, let him, let yeah. him develop his style. But you're you're right about the players not fitting in. That's what I mean. Not all of the players necessarily fitting into a system, and but he's a bit like Guardiola in his first at first season at City. You know, he tried playing the football that he's doing now, but he had people like Kolarov and Sanya, and he, you know, Yaya Toure, for example. Yeah. He he couldn't instigate that sort of play. And, you know, that first transfer, well, the second transfer window, what, I suppose, summer, wasn't it? Um, he brought in about, was it about five or six players? Mm-hmm. They, they, spent a, about they, seven spent, or eight. they spent £130 million on fullbacks. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. That is a good point. But I, what I would say is that, again, is this just, it, maybe you can learn this at Arsenal. It's just piss poor planning again, right? Because Chelsea, Chelsea knew this transfer ban was coming and they didn't, stock up and equip Sarri with the players he needed in one go. They just gave him Jorginho <laughs> and make do with the rest. Well, it was very much Jorginho and maybe someone in, in January, maybe Higuain. You know, and, and the thing is, Jorginho, I think he's got he's got definite potential to, to be a, a great player for us. Um, but that's the thing, you are right, the players, I mean, Sarri came out and said quite a lot. You know, the players aren't used to my style yet. They're not playing. The, I mean, he said pretty much Danny Drinkwater's never going to play for me because he doesn't sit my he doesn't sit my formation. But to, yeah, to give him Jorginho and say, right, do your style of football, no, that's not going to work. He, he needs no. other players, and and it's, it's terrible planning because I mean the club knew they were just, his style of football. They were setting him up for a, fa- a fail in season two anyway, right? Yeah. So yeah, because think, even if he'd done quite a good, uh, uh, maybe a slightly better job than last season, say he managed to achieve everything he did. And you finished in the top four, that you you'd be hard hard bit as a Chelsea fan to really disagree with that, right? But then what was he going? He wasn't going to be able to challenge for the title this year, but with that same group of players, no, definitely not. No, I think a side note on that as well with with Abramovich because he's not he's not in the UK anymore, is he? So you know he's, he's not, not attending games. Well, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I think his his vision for a while with Chelsea has been for them to be more sort of self sustainable. Um, and I think the transfer ban, in a way, has actually allowed him to do that. So he's bringing Lampard in. He's going to try and bring these kids through. You know, the lone army, as you put it, they're all going to come back. He's not going to have to put his, you know, his hand in his pocket. He wants someone to work with a talent that's already there, um, and you know, try and develop it from within. And I think that is all part of Abramovich's current thinking as well. To be honest. Oh, it's, a, it's an open secret that Chelsea's up for sale, isn't it? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's a case of I think if the right offer comes in, he'll snap over. their hand off. I just think he, I just think he's asking for an awful lot of money, apparently. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, the offers are, are, are rumored to be two point five billion pounds, and he's saying yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, he he, he watched um, the game last night against Salzburg, um, but again, that it's so few and far between at this point, and and you're <laughs> right, this season he can sort of sit there and. I mean, he's hired Marina. I can't even pronounce her second name. Um, Granit Yeah, and she's the yeah, <laughs> you know the, the the main the main person in charge of the club at this point. And I mean, to be honest, she's very good at selling players. She's not amazing at buying players. She's managing to get. Apparently, we're getting the value of Morata back, which is beyond me at this point. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it's almost like he said this time. Look, obviously, we can't buy anyone. Um, yeah, I need you to get me people into the club that are going to use what the club's already got because I, I don't yeah, want to put my hand in my pocket anymore I agree the downfall of Morata is one of the strangest you know he came in got a hat-trick at Stoke I think and a couple of other decent performances yeah. and then nothing for, well for, he was linked with United 
to be fair, I mean, it's, you know, Chelsea wanted Lukaku and we apparently wanted Morata and it ended up going the other way around at the time. Which I found really bizarre because obviously Conte now wants Lukaku at Inter. Yeah. Um, so it's obviously, it was obvious that for his style of football, I know we're going back a season beforehand now, but it was always going to be Lukaku was going to be part of that plan. And then obviously when Morata came in, that they're not similar players by any stretch. Yeah, no. So Completely different. Yeah, I mean, Morata is, is one of those weird ones where he just never looked happy as well, which I don't think helped. He's, I don't think he's a number nine, to be honest. I think he's one of them players where he's got to play with somebody up front. And to be honest with you, I think he probably plays best off a, off a number nine. Um, he's got quite, he's got a good link-up play, but I don't think he's I don't think he's deadly. I don't think he's lethal. And I think in this, the system that Conte wanted to play, um, he really wanted somebody to you know put those chances away. You know, you might get one chance and you know you're gonna yeah. put it away. And Which I think the same he, with Sarri as well. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't it's, that man. He, you know, he needs a few chances. Um, but yeah, we're definitely in it. We were definitely in an era last season, especially, which I think, based on what we've seen in pre-season, we, we're scoring a lot of goals. We're letting in a lot, but yeah. we're scoring a lot, which I think is is, is a positive because it means we're creating a lot more chances um, and actually putting them away, uh, which it's is a work in progress. Yeah. All right, then. So it's looking. You know, you sound quite optimistic about what's coming up, and you know, I, I can understand why. Um, Michael, money now. Yeah. What? Yes. What's going on with this supposed summer of change where you've signed mm. two players? Yeah, to be, to be fair to Solskjaer, I mean, you know, we love him, to be fair. You know, we really do. You know, as a player, he's absolutely fantastic for us. And, you know, he, he gets the club. Um, but he may have made a rod for his own back with those comments after the Everton game where he came out and said, you know, I'm going to be successful here, but quite a few... 4-0 that Everton game, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was absolutely embarrassing. Um, and he said, you know, a lot of these players aren't aren't going to be with me on the journey. But so far this summer, I don't think anyone's left. I mean, Valencia's gone on a free transfer. Uh, he was gone on a free Herrera, transfer. Was it? Uh, they, they were both out of contract anyway, weren't they? Well, exactly. Yeah. So no one's been sold. But I think part of that problem is, you know, these players like Rojo, Damian, um, they're in, they're on big money. I mean. If you want people to come in and buy them and pay a transfer fee, and then they're going to want the same sort of wages they want at United, and the sort of clubs that you know at their level, I suppose you could potentially say that they're not going to pay those wages, so it's going to be hard to shift them. Um, you, must, you, think... you must miss the days when Sunderland, Sunderland were in the Premier League. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> O'Shea Brown, Gibson, yeah, take him, please. <laughs> that's why Liverpool have got. Uh, well, that's why Southampton have got like, people like Liverpool. So if they need to sell a player, like, Liverpool are right there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, with Ollie, I mean, to me, he's, he's trying to build it slowly, and you know, he knows he's going to take time. We all know it's going to take time. It's, it's going to be a three to four year job. You can't sort of bring in 10 players in one window and, and shift out 12. You just can't do that. Um, but I think the signings he's made so far, they've been smart. I what, mean, why have you signed wan when you signed Delot last season? Yeah, to be honest with you, with Delot, um, I think his best position is actually more further forward. I really do. I mean, the back end of last season, he was coming on and he was playing right wing and he was actually... Wasn't he doing that out of necessity, though? Uh, possibly. Possibly, but I think he's more. I think he's better going forward than he's defensively for me. Yeah, it's sort of like a Gareth Bale situation. Yeah, potentially. Well, maybe not as good, but yeah, the, <laughs> the same sort, like assessing you on that sort of, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and I think Juan Bissaka is very good defensively. He can get up and down the pitch. He's, he's ridiculously quick. He's young. He's got the right attitude. And I think those are the sort of players that Solskjaer's targeting. 
So you um, think you could see see Dunlop playing in front of Wambasaka at times this season? Yeah, potentially, definitely. Because okay. if you look at our right hand side, I mean we've got we've got Lingard, we've got Mata, Sanchez maybe. Um would you say either of those three are gonna start every single game and you know, are consistently good? I don't. And I think if Dallow gets Sanji. a chance, you know, he may take, <laughs> you know, he may take it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. again, he's another one. He's on that much money that no one's going to touch him. Isn't Matter another one of those players as well? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yes. So Matter can come in and do a job against, you know, say we're playing from like Norwich at home. He'll come in. He'll do well. But in the big games, I, I just don't think, I think his legs aren't there anymore. Well, um, Matter's the same as he's always been, right? He's a fantastic player, but he's always been sort of... Uh, bent to fit the will of a system who won't where, where where a manager won't play him as a number ten. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. 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 Happened at his previous club as well. Yeah. And he always comes <laughs> off after an hour as well. <laughs> or seventy minutes, something something along the way. Isn't that because I always think of a matter of someone who does do does have maybe he doesn't have the legs right, but he does he puts the effort in. Yeah he does. So, he does. so you get an absolute shift out of him. Whereas yeah. if he was going to play as a number ten he could sort of lounge around a little bit more as a luxury player. Hmm. And I think that's why Solskjaer's keeping him around because you know he's given him a new contract. He's the right sort of character, and I think that's what he's looking. That's what he's looking for in the squad now. He wants the right characters. Uh, people like you know Dan James. He's, he's brought him in from Swansea. Um, you know he's got great potential. He's absolutely lightning, but he looks like he's got a good character. He's a team player. Um, it, it's a bit like a Lee Sharp signing all those years ago from Turkey, where you know he's got potential. Some fans might say, why are we signing someone from Swansea? But, you know, he's the right sort of person to come into the squad and challenge for a place. Um, and I think Maguire is another one where his character, um, for me, would, would lift that defence massively. I think he's, really, he's a leader. I don't think he's got £90 million worth of character, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think a deal will get done, but it'll be something like £65 million plus 15 in add-ons. I, th- I think Leicester want that record, don't they? I think they want more than £75. Um, and I, I think there'll be a compromise there somewhere along, along the line, but I think that'll get it done before the end of the window, personally. I mean, that's a really scary thought, isn't it? Like, you know, you, you've, you've got Harry Maguire as the most expensive defender when you've got Van Dijk who, who you know is looking at flipping Ballon d'Ors and all this um, yeah but at the same time bought... when Liverpool signed him from Southampton would you have said he was a Ballon d'Or contender I wouldn't well, he was definitely playing very very well I think yeah it, it was, was. But, yeah I mean, but it does help if you've got the, the Liverpool media machine helping you out doesn't it oh yeah that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, uh, who's, who's going to play centre midfield well yeah that's a very good question um, <laughs> Bruno Fernandes is one of the longest running sagas of the summer isn't it um, You'll be happy to know that I got a push notification from Sky Sports News saying Tottenham have made a bid today. Yeah, great. <laughs> just just what I want to know. Tottenham have been doing it. Like Tottenham have bid for everybody and signed no one. Like it's it's just like a yeah. thing they do. So. Although having said that, I really wanted Ndombele at United, and I think that's a great signing for Tottenham. Um, you know, we are missing someone in midfield who's got a bit of energy. I mean, I, I actually I'm one of the suppose in a way minority who likes McTominay you know he's not a world beater but he, he he puts a shift in but you need two players either side of him who you know have that creative spark and really realistically we've got Pogba well, he's, um, he's here in the minority but the uh, the old Markland boys at Konami are all over Scott McTominay oh, oh they're, they're loving yeah. it yeah, yeah they're absolutely all over it he's, <laughs> cover. he's on the cover he is on the cover you win manager's player of the year after five appearances, and it's it's just the sky's the limit from there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is, is it a bit is it a bit worrying for you that you know you've got 
into what three transfers that you need to obviously you got Lukaku the, the Lukaku Dybala deal um the yeah the deal for Maguire and then Bruno Fernandes I mean that's three big deals and we're what just under a week we're just over a week away from the start of the season and the end of the window is that it, and, and it's selling Pogba. Oh, and selling Pogba See, to, well, to Madrid. I don't think Pogba will leave, personally. I, I think I, it's too I late don't. in the window. Yeah, way too late. Out. I think, in my opinion, I think the Maguire deal will get over the line. Um, I think the Fernandez deal is a 50-50. I think it could get done before the window. If not, I can see that happening in January. Um, I don't think the Dybala and Lukaku deal will come off. Um, personally, with Dybala, he doesn't want to come to United. He wants ridiculous money. His attitude is questionable. If you look well, at then, then join Man United. If you want crazy money, yeah. yeah well, well, he's that, probably well, looking at Sanchez exactly going. You know what? I want me some of that. From, that's what <laughs> Man, Man United is the ticket in town. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's been a gravy train for too long, and I think Solskjaer's trying to sort that out, which is why he's targeting these sort of players like you know Maguire, Wan-Bissaka. Um I think Lukaku will go, but I think it may not be in January um, or something along those lines. And I think it, I think this window, I think it'll just be Maguire. To be honest with you. I think we do need a midfielder, but whether that will get done in time, I'm, I'm not convinced. Milinkovic Savic? Uh, again, that would be a great been... signing. Yeah, he's a good player, isn't he? Um, he's been I can see, I can see, I can see him coming in as as a replacement for Pogba. Yeah, but again, with a week to go, can you really see Pogba going and Savic yeah. coming in? All... Yeah, really? well, okay. Real Madrid, Madrid signed Gareth Bale on the, on deadline day. Yeah, I suppose. You're I, mean, I, mean, I think like, Madrid are in this position as well, where they are, they are getting more. I think Zidane's probably getting more and more desperate by the day. Well, yeah, the, the more and more games they keep losing in, in and getting hammered in, in daily twenty pages of daily newspapers every yeah. every day. And 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 the, and the you know the amount of days that he's having to sit and watch Gareth Bale Gareth Bale play golf while they get <laughs> yeah. while they're getting smashed in all these preseason games. But they um, they've got a similar situation to Sanchez with us in a way with Bale because. You know, he's on mega money, isn't he? Um, you know, he's probably and Bale, not part of the plans. And the rest. <laughs> with well, yeah. Bale and Isco. And... Yeah. But, I mean, with, with Bale, I mean, just, who's going who's gonna to pay those wages? China. Realistically. <laughs> no one, right? But but surely there's, so there's, a, there's a, medi- a happy medium there, right? So if he's on 600 grand a week, then you pay him 300 grand a week to go and play for someone else. Mm. And if someone else pays him 300 grand a week, that's 300 grand a week you're not paying him. Yeah, I mean, there's the compromise, isn't it? If he's not going to play, if he's dead weight to you, then you're just, why lose 600 grand? Why waste 600 grand a week when you could only waste 300 grand a week? Yeah, that's, that's, I agree with that. That's the football manager thing, isn't it? A point yeah. of principle for some, if you're Florentino Perez, but, like, would would you pay Marcus Rojo 20, million, 20, um, 20 grand a week to go and play for someone else instead of paying him 100 grand a week to not make the squad at Man United? Probably, yeah, because again, yeah. The, the money that he's on, um, no one's going to touch him, let's be honest. But to be honest, I can see Rojo going to someone like Spartak Moscow, someone like that, you know, just <laughs> off, oh, off the map. He's got more money, less effort written all over him. He'll go to Turkey or, you know, one of those leagues. Yeah, exactly. Where they yeah. big money for someone. Olympiacos or oh, someone yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah you can see he's coming <laughs> so, in my life, can Someone where kick the shit out of people and he'll be a bit, <laughs> a bit more yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, he's entertaining. <laughs> I'll give him that, he's definitely entertaining, but yeah, he's but not got, good you've got Phil Jones for entertainment, so as long as he's yeah. ticket sales yeah. will remain high. Um, Comedy oh, Phil, hey, he, gets, he gets a testimonial next season. Oh dear. 
uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, Sean Longstaff, who Monday Night have spent yes. all summer preparing a bid for, but mm. have not yet bid from. Um, no. Nope. <laughs> it would be a real kick in the sack for us if you had a bid now, so like, don't, please. But um, for a guy who's played about 10 Premier League games, yeah. Do you re- like, what, what's your opinions on him? Like, it seems to me. So to be honest with you, I I actually like him. I've seen quite a bit of him when he's been playing for Newcastle. Again, I watched the game. I think it was West Ham at the uh, Olympic Stadium. Um, I, I like what I see. I think his his range of passing is brilliant. Um, again, he looks like he looks like he's a grafter. But for fifty million for a player who's played, you know, like you say, 10, 12 games is a bit. It's a bit outrageous, really, isn't it? I think he needs. He's one of the players anyway. I think he needs another good season under his belt at Newcastle. You can uh, get you can get a six least. from Harry Maguire for that and he's pl- he's played in a World Cup semi final. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I mean I do like Longstaff, but I think he's another player where, you know, he needs he needs a full season at Newcastle. Oh, I completely agree. And the thing is as well <laughs> Do you now? Yes. As you would. The thing is with, with Longstaff as well is that we've seen him play ten games in a Rafa Benitez system which, to be honest, it can be quite he's easy rigid. to play centre midfield in. Um yeah. because your job is to fetch the ball from the defenders and get it to Perez or Almiron or, you know, yeah. it's not... Someone who can play, basically. Exactly, and sometimes, yeah. you know, you can spare the ball out, which is great, but it's often under very little pressure because they're playing that deep. Um, yeah, that's correct. You know, it's, it, he's got a lot of talent and he's actually been very good in pre-season as well, but uh, mm. as, if I was in Man United shoes, I would be questionable whether I'd spend 50 million on someone I'd barely seen. Um, no, definitely. I mean, he's, he's one of the players that you, you just keep tabs on. You just, you know, you have him on a bit of a shortlist and you, you know, you keep watching him, but I think at this point in time, is he going to be a regular for United? Probably not. So therefore, let him be a regular for Newcastle um, and then revisit it next summer and, you know, well, see we've, where the land lies. We've got an owner who actively wants to sell anybody who has a pulse. So, I mean, if you, you know, <laughs> just bide your time and the, the price will be right eventually. So uh, Having said that, you've brought your transfer record twice, haven't you? In the last six months. Having said that. Well, I mean, <laughs> Shame it's not for the right manager. I know. Granted, it, it took... It took uh, like 15 years to break it for the first time. Yeah, but, that's true. You know, that's true. Now we, like London buses. Oh, yeah. Now we can't stop. Steve, now Steve Bruce is there. It's just money everywhere. You're <laughs> <laughs> a, a late bid for Harry Maguire any minute now. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Well, he's the only man who's got a fatter head than Steve Bruce, so, I mean, it'll go quite, <laughs> quite well. Um, on, on Maguire, I, mean, I know we just talked about this, but... Um, I'm not convinced about him in a in a, in a back four. Like, he looks very good in a in a, in a back three, but uh, when it's yeah. just, when it's just him and a pal, I think he can be quite easily exposed. Yeah, I think um, I think pace wise, I, I probably would agree with you there. Um, I actually do like him. I think he's a leader. He's an organizer. We don't have anybody at the back who does that. We really don't. Um, and one of Mourinho's big gripes at the start of last season, especially was that we didn't have anybody who can bring the ball out of defence. Hmm. Um, Lindelof was struggling. I mean, to be fair to him, he has actually really improved. Yeah. Um, but I think Maguire would do that. He would bring the ball out into midfield, give it to someone who can, you know, then play and, and get us moving on the front foot. I think what Solskjaer wants to do is, you know, maybe a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3. And he wants to play that high, high-intensity pressing football and, and quick on the counter-attack. And I think Maguire would allow us to, you know... Bring out a defence quickly, and I think that's what he's what he's targeting really. And who do you pair? Would you pair him with with Lindelof? Probably, yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's a bit of an unpopular view actually, but I think the back end of last season, I thought Small and actually played quite well. He had a bit of a nightmare against. Hey, um, you can join me in unpopular views in, in actually quite rating Chris Smalling. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, listen, he, he's, he's not a world beater, but he, you know, he's steady. He, he is steady. You know, I would definitely have him in the squad. I mean, Chris Chris Morning could do worse than follow that other world trod on Manchester United path of being not not being too good to play for Sunderland, so joining Everton. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> Phil Neville, <laughs> Tim Howard. Tom Cleverley, Darren Gibson, Morgan <laughs> yeah. Schneidlin. I mean, there's a lot of them. <laughs> there is. That's true. That's true. I think Lingard might be going there soon. <laughs> oh, I rate. I rate him as well. Happy days. <laughs> you know what? Actually, to be fair with Lingard, he gets a lot of stick. I think a lot of it is down to his personality. Um, I think on the pitch, he, he finds a lot of space. He does, and he allows others to play. He, you know, he's, he's not. Again, he's not world class, is he? But he cares, to be fair. I think on the pitch he does care, but I think he doesn't do himself any favours off the pitch with a lot of people. I was going to say, he's so annoying. Like, he's yeah, he is. probably I the most annoying that. footballer ever. So, it, can be, well, he does, it doesn't he does matter if he's on the pitch. He just he annoys me. He scores some big goals. He does, and he does for England as well. But the problem is with, yeah. with for Lingard is that if he was five years younger, everyone would love him. But the fact that he's 27 yeah, years correct. old this year and he acts like a 10-year-old, like it's... <laughs> it's quite annoying after a while, but probably less. Yeah, it's embarrassing, us, really. But, yeah. Sometimes. yeah, but there's definitely a player in there somewhere, as you say. But uh, so you've already said you're only expecting really Maguire to come in before the end of the window, mm. and maybe a couple, yeah. of, a couple of fringe players shipped out. What does that? Well, I think I think it's fifty-fifty on Fernandez, and I think people like. I mean, I think once our windows closed, you'll probably see Rojo go to somewhere like Russia or Greece or Turkey, and I think. Someone like Damian will probably end up going on loan to, I don't know, Fiorentina or someone like that. But I don't think there'll be, I don't think there'll be loads of business done. To be honest, I really don't. I swear, Damian nearly leaves on loan every window, and then <laughs> yeah, that's true. for some reason <laughs> back, back to Italy. <laughs> oh yeah, nowhere else. Yeah, um, with, with his ridiculous sideburns. Um, <laughs> so, 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 so with that in mind, where are you expecting Man United to, to finish this season? Well, well, listen, it's, it's not going to be in the top two, is it? Let's be honest about it. I think, for me, it's going to be a top four job. Um, I think Spurs will finish third. Um, and I think we're battling out with, with obviously, your team, Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, I think Chelsea's transfer ban and uh, transition will mean they probably might miss out on the top four. Um, Arsenal's defence will probably let them down. And I think... An improved style of football might just see us into that top four and, and, and then build from there, to be honest. I think probably fourth. But one thing I would say is I think that Pochettino will leave Spurs at the end of the season. Um, I think he'll walk away no matter what. And I think midway through next season, he probably will end up coming to Old Trafford. I think Ollie will be pushed out at some point and I think Poch will end up at United. Well, that was actually my next question for you. is: Do you think Solskjaer will stay out the season? Because... Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, came in and did wonders, um, but then it seemed like the players almost down tools once. Yeah, you know, once yeah. He, signed a, he signed permanently. Yeah, exactly. And I think part I, of it as well is they're, they're absolutely knackered because they went from being, let's be honest, they looked unfit under Mourinho to then playing a high, a high pressing style under Solskjaer straight yeah, away. Yeah. And so, as a back end of the season, I was watching. I was in the stands watching it, thinking they can't run. They were absolutely uh, shattered. No, I think um, you're spot on as well. And I think we talked about this on the podcast last season where uh, obviously Mourinho wasn't happy going to America last summer because he had half no. the squad because he'd been in the, yeah. most of players had been in the World Cup. So how much of the pre-season they'd had anyway was probably negligible. Um, yeah, I agree. And then the total change in style to all-out press, as you, as you say, um, yeah. was bound to tire them out, um, which it, it did. And you got a lot of injuries and all this kind of stuff. So 
It all Definitely. kind of makes sense, doesn't it? But it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Haven't had more or less a full summer. You know, you've had some players away, but not, you know, not loads of players away. So I think. No, not really. No, I mean, it's pretty good. Mm, that's it. I think I think he'll see the season out. I think he'll get top four, and I think he'll probably still be there for the beginning of next season, as in the season after this one. Um, but I just I just think Pochettino will walk and be, walk away no matter what at Spurs end of this year. And I think he's nailed on for Old Trafford. I really do. I think he. I think Oli will get the ball rolling at United. He'll get us on the right path, bringing the right sort of players in, playing the right sort of style of football. You know, bringing a few of the kids through. But then I think Poch will then take it on to another level. Hmm. I mean, he's one of the managers to get at the minute, isn't he? Um, definitely, he definitely. He'd be on a few clubs' radars, I think. Um, all right, then, Adam, you've uh, you've waited patiently, but. Uh, Let's talk about Everton for a bit. Um, I assume we just done this in expected league position, right? High, highest, <laughs> highest, yeah, lowest to highest. First, second, and third in in, yeah. in an order, which you can decide. Um, <laughs> so obviously the good news is that you've kept Andrea Gomez, which, um, funnily enough, I, I thought Man United might have jumped in on that if he, if it wasn't already signed and sealed. But I, I don't know if it was or not. Um, Twenty-two million seems like quite a reasonable price for a Portuguese international these days. Yeah, from, we, we've we've got a good, we've developed a good relationship. We no longer take up uh, the offshoots from Manchester United. We've moved on to Barcelona now. Moved up in the world. Yeah, yeah we got we, instead instead of, instead of cleverly and and Darren Gibson, we've gone for Luca Digne and Andre Gomez. Yeah, I have to say Digne was brilliant towards the, the back end of last season. Once he got side up up to Premier League speed, yeah. he was uh, he, he was very, very good very player. Good. Enjoyed enjoyed watching him. Um, I suppose on the other side, you've also signed Fabian Delph. Yeah, eight and a half million pounds. Happy? Yeah. 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 Um, I think. I think he's real about Fabian Delph. Who works with him anyway? I think. That's I think. He, I, I think he's a. Uh, he, he, he's a player who can fit a number of roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for for eight eight and a half million pounds, you can't really go wrong at, at that that level. He's experienced. I would say that. I think for you know for that money and especially in this sort of day and age of the ridiculous transfer fees for a player like Delph who can, as Adam said, play pretty much probably all positions. He'd probably even give goalkeeping a go. Um, for, for to have that flexibility and versatility in the team or in a squad is actually really valuable. So eight and a half million for that, who's got lots of Premier League experience, I think is actually a, a really good deal. And it's it's not just the the positions he can play. I think it's the roles he can play in midfield. I think he can almost do anything. Bar sort of playing your number ten role, he can he can be a defensive midfield player. He can be box to box. He can he can cover a lot of ground if you want him to. Yeah. Um, I also think he's got that that competitive streak. And, and the thing that actually really sold it for me is I don't know if you guys watched the um, the the all or nothing Manchester City documentary on Amazon Prime, but he just he came across as as a leader and a, and, and a real uh, sort of influence in the locker room. And and I think that that that's that's always good in any club, right? As many oh, of those definitely. you can get. Yeah, he's a winner. He is, which it's not always that obvious because he hasn't really, you know, won a lot until he went to Man City. But he's obviously uh, had that mentality, and he's just been. Yeah. I think I, I think, people, I think people think of him as one of those players who one of those players that Man City signed because signed because he was English and they needed to fill a quota, <laughs> and someone who went there for the money. But actually, if you look at the fact that unlike the rest of them, he actually got stuck in and grafted and did a job and has actually made quite a lot of appearances for Man City and has and 
can actually say that he contributed to the medals that he's got. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. I, would, I mean, if we had signed him, I'd have been very happy. So I, I think uh, him and Gomez will be complement each other quite well in there for you. Um, obviously, jo- uh, Jonas Lursel's also arrived. But I mean, that's presumably just back up because Stick Ellenberg may be bored. Who knows? <laughs> Old. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. got off with Ronald Koeman somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tell. Um, Phil Jagielka's gone to Sheffield United. I mean, wasn't really. Well, we yeah we, we we released we released him and then he signed oh, signed with Sheffield United. Okay. Yeah. And I see you also released Ashley Williams, that old uh, scourge of money. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one has slipped by, yeah. But yeah, we did we we've, we've got rid of Ashley Williams. So uh, in, in a way, we, um, Everton have this this window is is big for Everton in, in quite a similar way to Manchester United in the fact that we've got a lot of players and a lot of money doing not a lot. We. <laughs> Like we've got a lot of players we need to get rid of, and we've we're starting to get rid of some of them. So we've got rid of uh, Vasic, who's actually quite a decent player, but we've we've turned a, a very quick profit on him. But Sandro Morales, um, Balassi, uh, James McCarthy, Theo Walcott, all these players, um, um, Nias, Martina. We've got sort of. There's, there's probably we could trim sort of half a million pound a week off this wage budget that could be reinvested into the squad at the moment, mm. but it's just about trying to get those, some of those players out the door, right? So I actually wanted to ask you about two players who have gone. Um, firstly, Adam Ola Luckman, who I always thought looked decent, but didn't really get a run once he came back from Germany, um, which is now where he's been sold to. Um, were you shocked to see him go ahead of, as you say, like the likes of Walcott or someone like that, who's kind of um, past his best? I think that I, I I'm not shocked to see him go this season. To be fair, because he I think that his I, I think that Silver found his attitude to be lacking. Mm. I think that sort of um, we, uh, uh, under sort of the, those six months of Al- with Allardyce, he was never going to fit in. Allardyce was never going to play play a kid in sort of his twenties. He he went off to to Leipzig and sort of he didn't set the world alight, but he he was putting in good performances, kept them interested and. Um, there were, there's a lot of paper talk about him going for even more money than we actually sold him in the end. But I think that he was given an opportunity last season and he just didn't do anything to, to take it. And um, the other one is, is Adrissa Gay, who's just gone to PSG, which is yeah. obviously a big move for uh, for anybody these days. With the, with the, I'm guessing the money he'll get there is probably at least double what he's currently on, I would guess. Um, are you happy with Delft just to replace him? Is that the plan or do you think there's more to come? Uh I think there might be a little bit more to come. Right. Adrista Gay's an odd one, right? So I'm going to say that at the same time as I'm being happy to admit that I think he'll be very difficult to replace, I think that he is a kind... He is... While he was one of our better players and he did win joint um, player of the year last season with Denia, but I think he is a player that perhaps we did need to replace if you want to push on. Because I... Apart from one game where he was forced to do it, where I saw him in the flesh, and I don't want my judgment to be coloured by that against Crystal Palace, I've never thought of Adrissa Gay as a player who who can bring any sort of forward pass to the game. He can't play the ball forward, <laughs> so he'll run around to give you everything. He'll he's, he'll sniff out danger. He'll win the ball, but then you need someone alongside him to to do the hard work. And I think that if you're gonna try and push on to be finish above seventh, you need to look up beyond a player like that who's got a bit more about them. 
So, so in all, all in all, I'm quite happy with thirty million pounds for a player who's going to turn thirty in the next month, and yeah. we signed for and we signed for seven million pounds. Oh, it seems like a good deal then, if, uh, when you break it down like that. Um, I guess the, the main thing for me that Everton have needed for a while now is a centre forward. Um, well, we signed that. I think I'm not sure. I thought that Moise King deal was done, but I the, the website I'm on at the moment doesn't show it as being as such. So was who it? Knows? I thought it was. <laughs> Here we go. It's happened again, Ryan. It seems to get reported by like some wiener age. I don't know, wiener's maybe not fair, but like you know, someone like a like a Bleacher Report or something like that, and everyone goes, "Oh, it must be done." And they make a fancy graphic, and it's you know, and he's like, oh, you know, but until like it's done, 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 like properly, like you can't really, can't really report it as such. So I, I guess, yeah. like, you know, it, it probably is done for all intents and purposes, but he hasn't like signed a certain form or some bollocks. You know how it is. But if that many players are saying it's done, it's probably close or not. Yeah, I'm. So I'm I'm I, I I'm taking that as being done in my mind. Yeah. Um and. I think that the the more time goes on and the fact that Arsenal are out of the race, I'm quietly confident about Wilfred Zaha as well. I see. I really. Want I can't to, see that. I really want to leave Palace because, like, I I feel like they'll crash and burn without them, and I need at least three clubs to crash and burn really for our <laughs> um, to have a good season. So yeah. you've got, there's, there's obviously Chelsea. There's Palace. Oh yeah, there you go. One yeah. more. <laughs> Well, they said they said Frank's having the whole season, no matter how bad it goes, right? Exactly. <laughs> just just on that as well. It did say as long as we don't get relegated. So if we're going to get relegated, it'll go. Okay. <laughs> just on Zaha, I actually think he'll end up at Chelsea personally. I think he'll have one more season at Palace, and he wants to stay in London, don't he? Let's be honest about it. I think um, when that transfer ban's ended, I think I could see him ending up at Chelsea personally. That that is the rumor. That is something I saw this a, a few weeks ago because. I've been getting really annoyed recently as a, as a Chelsea fan when I see people like the Bleacher reports going, Chelsea interested in this player. I'm like, we can't <laughs> sign anyone. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> although we can register them if they've already been registered. Do you uh, shout me back at them in that tone? Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, and, you know, they, I saw some of the things like, yeah, Zaha's going to stay at Palace for another year. Chelsea have told him that you know, we're going to sign him next summer instead. So, so stay they can do it in January, right? No, it's two windows. Yeah, it's a summer, isn't it? So we will be allowed to sign people next summer. Uh, well, I think that makes a lot of sense. I really do. Uh, he's, he's made a big deal this summer. I don't like, really like Zaha, to be honest. I don't like his attitude, uh, personally. Like, he is like the type of player you'd love to have, but uh, probably, I mean, I hate watching him play against my team because he's, he's, he's just always going to go down. Um, <laughs> and yeah. even, with, even with VAR... If there's the slightest bit of contact, they can't overturn it. Like, and I, I think he plays for it at times, or not just he, at times, he most of the time. Yeah. But it's just going to get more annoying because he's going to go down on what looks like a blatant dive, and it'll turn out like someone yeah, we'll have got just, contacts. Yeah, just yeah. clipped him, and it'll be like it'll send him doing like a somersault. But I just think it fits into this um, into this Everton mould that we've taken of sort of like a Bayern Munich light, which is. <laughs> where Bayern Munich sort of harvest the Bundesliga of the best talent, we just take the best player who isn't playing for the top six. <laughs> we did it in Sigurdsson. Zaha's the next option, right? Well, you could even argue with Charleston as well in there. I mean, he, he looks unbelievable on his day. He just doesn't play between September and March, but, you know, that's, that's <laughs> something, something, he, something he can work on. But um, you've got a centre-forward like Keane would, would obviously help you a great deal. You don't need you know, me to tell you that, but 
Um, we also need we also need a centre half. That's what I was about to come on to is that you lost Zuma. Um, Gary Mina seems keen on doing everything except play football. I see he's been getting in bother for uh, in being in some sort of betting commercial during the Cup of America, which you're not meant to do. Excellent. Yeah, um, but he is you know six foot a hundred, and <laughs> every time I. Every time I see him make a starting lineup, I want to put a bet on him to be a score for a score ahead of him in the corner. Well, I mean, it made us all a lot of money in the World Cup, didn't it? it was like <laughs> he did it once, he'll do it again. Often in the same game, so yeah, he he, um, he can be. If Sam Allardyce was there, he'd be having wet dreams about this man. Cause he huge. <laughs> um, but he, he barely played last year, as far as I remember. Yeah, we signed him injured, and it just it it didn't go well from there. I think that. Um, I think that that can always be a trouble with with lots of players, right? And it's, it goes back to what we said about Manchester United as well, that when you've got these players in the World Cup, it, it does complicate things. And it, it it is baffling to me, some as an outsider sometimes, how important a pre-season seems to be to a footballer's entire season. It sets the tone, doesn't it? It seems to be that even if they... Because you think, right, right, I know what work they're going to do. Why can't they just do that five weeks later on their own to get themselves in that position? But it just doesn't seem to work, does it? No. No. No, there's not much substitute for, you know, actually playing, getting the minutes under your belt. Or with like, with, you, with the rest of your team as well. It's not even like, yeah, yeah. you know, playing in the... Wherever you know, if you're if you're not with the rest of your teammates as well, I think it's almost you know if you get down to the social aspect of it, almost if you if you miss majority of preseason for whatever reason, say being on holiday, you know you're gonna have players that probably don't play in a World Cup, sitting there working hard for four weeks, probably making friends with the rest of the players <laughs> that are left out, and you know you you come strolling back in after your World Cup sort of four weeks later, like right, I'm ready to start work now. And, and this is and, why no one likes Bale, so. Well, you can see you can see what it did to um, to Ross Barkley, right? It, it gave him his it, it re- reignited his Chelsea career. The fact that he was able to, he was available in preseason. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's true. This preseason, he's I mean, he's probably one of the players that that's doping us on it because he's just <laughs> he's ridiculous. This preseason, something's happened to him. <laughs> but I am still concerned about who's going to play play centre back. Um, even with Yerry Mina back, um, there's not a lot of depth there. So it is an area that needs to be addressed. Is there money to spend, though, Everton? Is, is there money left over? We've always got money to spend. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. seems to be. I, I'm not even joking. You've, you've spent a lot, haven't you, in the last couple of years? No, I mean, is he going to put more <laughs> money... People say spent a lot, um, and uh, that, that's not untrue, but it's not any different from many... What many clubs have spent, right? Oh, not as much and, as Aston Villa, for example. Like and a lot, a lot of that has, a lot of it has been offset against other spending, like the straight away the seventy odd million pound you spent, you paid us up front for Lukaku. Never mind any sort of add-ons. <laughs> like, yeah. That did cover a multitude of sins. Yeah, I mean, if you would have put, you know, oh, we'll give you 20 million if he makes 10 good first touches in a game, you're probably thinking, oh, this is going to work out well. Yeah, you're not going to get that money, by the way. Yeah, you're saving that money <laughs> right up front, isn't you? Yeah, I mean, when you look at someone like a Bournemouth who spunk, you know, 20 million on Dominic Solanke and various, oh, other, what a waste that was. various other players. Several other players as well. well yeah. They're very good at that. No, oh, I mean, that's, that's reckless spending for me, especially with, mm. the, with their tiny tin pot stadium, whereas, you know, at least Everton. <laughs> You know, a strong fan base behind them who are going to 
make money regardless as, as, alongside obviously the players you've sold and bought and the TV money and all that stuff so you've seen us we should have some money left over I would think I mean, one player that sticks out for that position is, is Gary Cale I mean where's he going to go I mean Arsenal obviously Link with him out, but he could he could do a very good job for everyone. I think. I, I don't I don't think he fits the profile, the kind of player that we're trying to buy. Yeah, right, I was say, right. you're trying to buy sort of almost young, exciting. Yeah, I, th- I think. Far that, from. Has he played for Barcelona? That, no. Uh, no. Well, maybe exactly. not. not <laughs> it, or um, I'm thinking, you know, who who have you? Who else is available to, to to really buy at this point in the window? Apart from, in theory, Kurt Zuma. Well, <laughs> you know, and he's not available. You know, Phil Jones. <laughs> what's, uh, Chris, what, what's Chris, Chris Smalling once, once they need to try and get some of that Maguire money back yeah that's true yeah sorry we'll see what Thomas for Marlon's up to and then we'll go from there hasn't he <laughs> didn't I see that Thomas for Marlon's gone and joined um, I think he's gone to a, 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 gone, more, a he's, more money less effort league of, uh, yeah Japan, I think he went to, I think he's got to go play for the same team as um, Iniesta ah the <laughs> very no, How he's managed to get Iniesta to, to vouch for him, I do not know. <laughs> so, uh, with all that in mind, Adam, if you get, you know, Keane and hopefully a centre half as well, what's the what's the aim for Everton this year? Right. So I think that I I think that it's going to be a really exciting season at this this part of the table because I actually think that. Um, I think that Chelsea and Arsenal are potentially there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, yeah. I think that while while I think it would be unlikely, and I wouldn't expect this, um, I've seen stranger things than um, than a club like Tottenham at the the sort of stage they are with in Pochettino's life cycle just imploding. And just, I can definitely see that happening. Um, yeah. Me too. I, 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 could, I also think that it could go completely wrong at Manchester United. But I also think that Leicester are going to be very dangerous. And I think that there's a chance that Wolves could do one of, could, could regress massively to some sort of mean and be average, or they could challenge the same way they did last season, in which case I think we could finish anywhere from, if it, things went really, really well, we could maybe battle and just scrape into that fourth spot, but I would be in a sort of delusional state. And if things weren't really bad, we could be struggling to hold on to a top of the table position. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, every... so, so we'll probably finish about seven. <laughs> well, that Justin tweet's really on your mind. <laughs> Go from seventh to slightly close to sixth but still seventh <laughs> yeah uh, I mean to be honest it, I mean it, it didn't get any argument from me because it, it, you can't argue with facts like that can you if you get Keane and Zaha um, and a centre back then you know you could very well push even the top four as you say if Arsenal and Chelsea you, you you would put you in the same bracket as those those two if you get oh, I, I, think it, I think right I think we there are uh, there are a lot of t- a lot of teams above us who have who don't have, who wouldn't have a set of wingers as good as Richarlison, Bernard, and Zaha. Mm-hmm. True, very, very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that this is going to be one of the most interesting seasons to watch. I think in recent memory, because you're looking at all these, and I think it's just because the money's there and that you know people are buying players. I mean, Adam, you said about Leicester. I mean, signing um, Tillemans on a, on a permanent transfer, I think, is massive. Yeah. Um, and you know, Wolves are just 
that they're almost something else, and they're they're making sure that the people that they got them to where they are last season are permanent. Their midfield is looking quite scary as well, and there's a lot of a lot of teams around about that you know fifth to, to eighth that that can really push on and push that top four and, and really cause a lot of problems. Um, you know, I don't think Liverpool and Man City are going to slow down by any stretch, but you are right though in terms of teams like Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, and, and they're all for the taking. United, it, there's gone are the days. I mean, we've said this, but gone are the days of a tradition of the old. They've all got a vulnerability about them, haven't they? They've all got something where you can see it going really yeah. wrong. And I think yeah. when you look at how how Wolves did last season, if, if they if they win the games, they should be winning. You know, because they're beating you know a lot of the top six. If they actually win the games against the you know bottom it's three, the bottom teams, six wasn't it? Or yeah. Like, it was. Yeah. If they do that, they're they're actually in a different, a completely different position at the end of last season. And I think but, that's, that that's where the excitement is. But there's the same thing. Yes, one as you're about. To, I think you're about to say, Michael, that like those additional games make it difficult, right? Yeah. Um, it's not even just the additional games. I think it's the change of it's the change of rhythm from going to yeah. Thursday Sunday. Yeah. Um, it's a small squad as well, and and there there is also there's always a lot of time where you try and play that kind of football when if you try and play that kind of football where you don't want to dominate the ball and you don't want to have more possession than the other team, yeah. the the possibility of regressing to to a performances where you end up in fourteenth place on the table is there. True, true, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because look at but I think Burnley is a. Uh, a worst case in point of that, right? They managed to do it and overachieve, and they finished quite. And then they struggled. Yeah. Then when it regressed, they they were got through by their by their bootstraps. Yeah. I think it seemed like I mean for the top eight, I think it seemed like Southampton could be a surprise package personally to try and crash into that top eight. Yeah, I think they are, they're going to try and play in the front foot, aren't they? Yeah. I think the teams. I think the teams we've just all those teams we just mentioned. Are, uh, we've probably mentioned ten, and I would expect those to be the top ten hmm. of the of the table in some order. But but the order I think is so in flux, and I think that's something that's, that's been missing for for a while now. Yeah, and, and also I, I think that the season after the season that follows a major tournaments are always better. Yeah. A yeah, lot of players yeah, yeah. are fresh. Players right? are in a better physical condition, and just in general, the effect that has on the football as a whole will, will be will be better. Well, well. Um, we haven't even thought about what Vars going to do. They're going to want to get in the squads, aren't they? They're going to want to impress yes. this year to, to play yeah. in the Euros. Oh, you're yeah, exactly right. And the VAR sort of, does, you know, that's going to be a big change to how yeah. games go and, and and what results you pick up because one decision that you know goes your way last season suddenly is not going your way this season, and that's a lot of points that could change. Yes, it's a good point. That's true. I mean, I, I personally think VAR will probably even itself out across. You'll get some given, you'll get some given against you that you didn't get before. So, I'm not sure it's going to be the massive difference people think it is. Um, it certainly no, has, it's just going to ruin the spectacle. It is. Yeah. yeah it <laughs> is. I, I, I don't really see it as a positive, to be honest. Um, I, I don't think things were, were that bad anyway. I mean, as I said, generally things were as I say, you get some, you get you don't get others, and that was just how your Monday morning was really, just talking about decisions you did or didn't get. Um, and now it's going to be exactly the same, but it's going to be decided by what ten men behind a camera watch, um, <laughs> and they'll tell the the idiot who made the mistake in the first place what he's done wrong, and it'll go on like this. Um, Sounds like match of the day. <laughs> it is. We're just going to get all this analysis in game, basically. It's. Uh, 
it's going to be some, there's going to be some late finishes, I think, because you've seen some of the states they're getting themselves into watching clips over and over again, or failing to watch clips over and over again. And um, as I said earlier, like the likes of likes of Zaha, you'll go down. And you watch it five times on a replay, and you get five different decisions. It depends on how yeah. how people see it, and it's. I don't think things are black and white. Sometimes it's subjective, isn't it? Yeah. Most of things are subjective. I think they should have just left it at the goal line technology because you can't argue with that. Yeah. Anything else, you can technically you can argue one way or the other. So. Yeah. yeah. The the only other thing I would be interested in is if they could get a similar thing to goal line technology for offsides. Yeah. 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 That would yeah. be good. Yeah. If they could get something like that, but was literally immediate, then sure. But if not, don't bother about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. I, I think if they could do something like that and almost give have linesmen still, but don't give them the flag and just say, right, look, you, you play and we'll flag if there's a foul or whatever, but yeah, offsides go regardless and we'll watch them back afterwards. And it might be it might be annoying for a few months because players will play the old way, but then you know you might find they get more adept at staying onside because um, they know they're going to get pulled up on it or not, <laughs> um, which is easier said than done, I admit, but you know. We're changing the way football's been played for hundreds of years here, so of course it's going to be different. Anyway, I, I think I think it's going to be an exciting week. I, I think that there is actually going to probably be a lot of business done, but sometimes I always get get caught away like this and mm. expect more to happen than ever does happen. I do think there's been other than other than Aston Villa, there hasn't really been that much happened. Like if you, if you look around, they've gone full on Fulham. It's going to be brilliant. I know, like at, at first I was like, well, you know, you can't blame them for buying players because you, you obviously want Premier League quality players if you can get them. Um, but they've just, they just keep going, they just keep finding these, <laughs> these random players in like the Belgian league and throwing 15 million at them, being like, ah, I'll be fine. It's like, when you've got the, that example as well though, right? It's literally going, this, this went well last season, right? When, when they did this, it... The, they, this went well. When you, you bring in 13 players, it's fine. Nothing bad happens. Nothing at all. It's, it's like, I mean, it's obviously people are going to draw comparisons to Fulham because um, that's exactly what's happened. Like, of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, people are going to compare the two. Uh, I think in defence to Villa, though, I think, I think is it not four of the twelve were there last season, like Courtney uh, Howes and Mings and El Ghazi, and then they actually let about ten players go on a free, didn't they? Like Whelan, Yedinak, Hutton. Um, they've actually they've actually released quite a lot of players, and four of the ones they've signed were there last year anyway. So yeah, I don't think. But I don't. Bad I don't think Fulham's that Fulham's. Person. I don't think Fulham's problem was necessarily the size of their squad. I think it's just that you you've just you just tear up all the cohesion that you have, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's no chemistry. There's no. There's no sort of medium, there's no sort of sense of club spirit as well. And yeah. if you've just rocked in with that, and you know that you've got all the, the you've like, probably negotiated these release clauses, you know if it goes badly, you're not going to be sticking around. Oh well. Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, we all yeah, we all laugh at Cardiff and Warnock, but they were hmm. they were pretty unlucky for my money in a lot of games. They they had some dodgy decisions. That Chelsea game, yeah. Oh yeah, I was about to say it was that one game against the main game against Chelsea, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean. Don't have all the examples to hand, but there was there was at least five or six games I can remember where they had stonewall penalties not given or ridiculous you, things going what, against them. Watford was. Are you saying you haven't got your your Neil Warnock um, des- dossier, Dave? No, well, not with us. It's, 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 Chris, it's, Chris has probably got one. You can ask him for well, it next time. Ross has got a Neil Warnock dartboard, so I mean he's probably <laughs> probably got a hundred like, alternative examples to hand where Warnock's got lucky and he's you know just been a blight on society for 
what feels like a thousand years, but probably yeah. close to the I, I think Ross's current orientation of that dartboard is the um, is the, uh, the Liam Gallagher pose, so it's working quite well. <laughs> that lent itself to to a screen grab. <laughs> um, all right, gents, I could we could talk all night about the season ahead, but uh, unfortunately we've we've reached uh, over an hour, which is kind of like our our cut off point. Um, Hear that, Chris? Over an hour is the cut. <laughs> Not two hours, no. <laughs> Not tonight. Um, so uh, Ryan and Adam, I, I imagine, will be doing some sort of uh, prediction sheet as as supposed regulars of this uh, of this ship. But uh, Michael, as our guest, can you uh, put your neck on the line and tell us, um, firstly, who you think will win the league? You know what? <laughs> it's a difficult one, and it's it's, it's going to be Liverpool or City, isn't it? But I've got a feeling Liverpool will do it this season. Oh, don't I say that. Oh, no, no. You're no longer welcome back. <laughs> and, oh, what, sort... <sighs> what sort of Man United fan would say that? I don't know, honestly. Where what? do you find these people, Dave? Well, well which one are you going to pick? It's like being punched in the face or the nuts. Like, you can't no, it's, it's not. It's a nightmare. It's, an absolute it's not nightmare. the same, and don't pretend it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, try to well, save yourself. And who's the three to go down? Um, Brighton. I think they're nailed on. Um, I think Norwich will go and then I've got a feeling someone will get sucked in that you don't think maybe Bournemouth that'll do maybe Bournemouth stay, yeah. south. stay in the southern region that's fine definitely good <laughs> I think you'll be fine put it that way champion oh well happy days um, <laughs> alright we'll do a section which uh, Chris calls pimp your socials so uh, Adam where can people find you on Twitter uh, Adam as a 101 and Ryan uh, at the Ryan Goodman and Michael I don't even know. I think he's at MJ underscore Bernie, but I might be wrong. We'll tag you. It'll turn up. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Dents, thank you all uh, very much for your time. Um, this will hopefully be out before the season starts. Um, like I said earlier, we're, we're trying to get every uh, every club represented on the on these season previews, so thank you to you three for representing your clubs. Um, Cheers. We should hopefully have a couple more podcasts before uh, next, next Friday's big kickoff. Um, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Man on the Post. Um, but that's all for this time. Um, but we'll see you soon. And uh, always remember to keep your man on the post.